0: You are listening to W-R-U-U-L-P, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend, Mark Chesneau, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown.
1: We're on Art on the Air today, and we're talking with Bobby Bagley. Yes. We're here with Bobby Bagley
0: and... It's
1: me, Tamara. And Tamara Garvey, of course. And I'm David Baldwin. Hey. Uh, Stumbling into another interview. And Bobby uh, is currently at Gallery 10 at Savannah City Market, upstairs.
2: Gallery 11
1: now. Is it Gallery 11? Okay.
3: You've gone up a number? Yes.
2: (laughs) Across the way.
3: Where in City Market can we find you? What side?
2: South building. Upstairs. Once you get up the stairs, take a left. Okay. Then a quick right.
3: So, are you no longer in the co-op gallery? No. You got your own. I got my own. All right.
1: Oh no, he's got his own. Which
2: is sort of a co-op. I mean, I have
1: uh, a. Well, you have some other people. Ten
2: other artists in there with me. I brought a few with me. A few has added since, but yeah.
3: That must be a big space. It is a big space. Okay, David, you want to build it up? Do a bio on Bobby.
1: As far as I know, because he's very reclusive. I am. And keeps to himself. I do. A Aww. lot. Yes. Um, you were, let's say, a, uh, a, what's the word, a military brat? I was. Right? In Arkansas? Yep.
2: Born in... Mostly? Born in Warner Robins, Georgia, near Macon. Moved to Arkansas, third grade, and stayed there for a long time, through yeah. college.
1: Mostly on the base...
2: Mostly on the base, um, nice environment. Uh, sort of, I mean, I, I, the south, but
1: it's not a beautiful the
2: south. environment. Yes.
1: Arkansas is it really well.
2: Is. On the base is not really Arkansas. It was like an environment. It's world.
1: Well, when, on so. the base is what I was going to say yes. too. Is that that is.
2: Not that Arkansas
1: is bad. Oh, no, I understand. (laughs) But it's But it's it's sort of being in a bit of a bubble. Absolutely. And being in the South, as they say, even though I don't know, Arkansas is sort of a midpoint. I don't know.
3: It's the South. It's more like Rust Belt kind of, right? Yeah, it's the South.
1: Okay. But that's sort of a bubble, too. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Are so, you from near one of those towns where I know Arkansas has a lot of both hot springs and sort of old Victorian haunted hotels? No. That's what I know. Of
2: we were uh, Blywood, Arkansas. It was up in the uh, north eastern corner, probably about an hour outside of Memphis.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: okay. Memphis was wow. The closest city. That wow,
1: fun. that's that's so remote. Yeah. I can identify. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So, like I say, when it's a bubble within a bubble, it's like you develop your own world there.
2: Well, it was a bunch of kids from all over the world, all over the country, thrown together. Right. And uh, it was actually pretty wonderful. And we were in this safe environment. Right. And we were just sort of forced to. Get to know each other, forced
3: to get along
2: and it. This was is actually, how humans interact, I it guess Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, so, it sounds almost like a throwback to an older time, that kind of It was childhood. And,
2: and because of being on the base, uh, and I say it wasn't really the south, because it was yeah, all different shades, all different. It was a base. Uh, yes, but there were certain rules that applied to airmen that that environment was you know different than what was going on outside of the base
3: was art encouraged art was
2: not encouraged um
1: was it discouraged
3: no it just wasn't even talked
2: about i mean we played basketball we went fishing we went bowling we did stuff but it wasn't a real creative environment right
1: that's such that's such an idyllic sounding life
2: though i know we rode our bikes uh which is reflected in some of my work yeah um So it was just sort of a a nice bubble to be under.
1: Well, I was reading about the lady who told you to start doing your own work. Yes. Start painting from your own life. Yes. Which, you do beautiful work. Thank you. I've got to say, I was just looking at the one American mule. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was almost jealous. That was just, it really struck me. I don't know why.
3: Can you describe Uh, it?
1: It's a mule. For those
3: of us listening on the radio. <laughs> I
1: can tell my bit, but I think he knows more uh, because you painted it. But it's a beautiful, what, 36 by 36, I believe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How well do I remember this? Stuff, huh? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's a, just a beautiful black mule. It's just striking side profile of the whole animal.
2: Yeah. It's my take on 40 acres and a mule. Huh. Um, I love to take um black history and just tuck it into this work and walking past the rooster, walking past um American Mule, uh walking past my little picnic painting. Yeah. You would never know that those pieces are dripping with black history. Yeah. Um
1: but also your history. Also personally. my
2: history. Um And if you see them, it was the environment that I grew up in. Um, Mm -hmm. The bushes are nice and neat. uh, You
1: can be pretty meticulous.
2: Everything is like the sun is out. It's Uh, like a perfect
3: Mayberry kind of. It's like
2: that bubble that I grew up under. Um, But living in the South, um, I like tucking in these Southern stories too. Sure.
3: Do you find a lot of people... See the little hidden things and get them?
2: Most people don't. Yeah. Um, if you see a rooster, one of my pieces, uh, Flint River Farms, you see a rooster sitting on a fence. Nothing about that painting says black art or, you know, black history. If you dig deeper into the title, then it's going to take you to Flint River Farms, um, which was a black farm in middle Georgia. So the title sort of Lead mm-hmm. you down the road.
1: Led you down the road to make it.
2: Yeah, the, uh, for me, the uh, composition, story, color. Those are the most important things for my work. Uh, I mean, that's where it starts. and Usually it's the story or the title that starts first. And then I sort sure. of build an image around that. Um, that's almost
1: exactly what I was going to ask you about, too. And I sort of hated to ask you about it. What's that? Is your journey to make these pictures, do they usually begin with memory or do sometimes they just come to you and you have to do it?
2: No, for me, um, if I read a story, if I see a picture, um, if I talk to my grandfather, or my grandmother, or if I see something that uh, they have, like, my, like one of the pieces is uh, Come Sunday, the lady holding the purse. Mm. It's my grandmother's purse. Uh, And the story behind that piece is that we used to joke, my sister and my cousins and I, about everything in that purse got us through church. And church to us was not this 50 minute uh, Sunday morning Mm -hmm. thing. It was this all day Mm -hmm. through noon, early afternoon Sunday thing. And inside that purse was this hard wooden brush, mm-hmm. hard candy and tissue. And those three things got us to church. She would pop us with that brush. If we sort of got out of line, <laughs> she would give us hard candy. Right so, grandma. <laughs> and the tissues took care of everything else. Oh my God. Um, so after she whacked you with the brush. Yes. So that's sort of what a painting start. Uh, it started with me seeing that purse want to tell a story about Sunday morning. Uh, so
1: that's, that's, that's a beautiful image. I mean, just that you spoke it.
3: I like your titles. I like titles that are like, not specific, not descriptive of the image, but it's sort of one degree removed. It's a little bit of
2: a, leads, leads a, you a into joke, leads you into it. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe put you on a roll. Where's he going? Um, yeah. Like yes. the
3: title is sort of a feeling. Yes. About the painting. A feeling. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I try yeah. to paint mostly.
2: Right. A feeling the piece. Um, of the little girl holding the Easter basket with the Easter eggs Mm -hmm. is a, started out as a full picture of my sister, but I sort of chopped the top and chopped the bottom. And I was trying to paint a feeling. Uh, I wasn't trying to paint my sister. And uh, sometimes people say, Hey, why don't you put faces? And I do put faces in some paintings. Why don't you put faces in some of your paintings? Because I'm trying to paint a feeling, Mm. um,
3: yeah, there's the thing I, I did notice. A lot of your the eyes are always covered with the brim of a hat.
2: Because I'm not painting thing. Sally or Miss Susie or wind. I'm painting. I'm trying to paint a feeling. Do you
3: think like the bottom part of a face is kind of it doesn't immediately give a person away? But if you showed the eyes, then that would be the thing.
2: I think sometimes if you show the eyes, they start the viewer starts thinking about who is that? Who is he painting? Um, but if you don't show the eyes, then maybe they sort of fall into that feeling. It leaves of it open. Painting.
1: Yes. Much, much open. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense too.
2: Okay.
3: Can I get back a minute ago? You were talking about a painting that had a rooster. What, so what does the rooster signify?
2: Um, there was, uh, some black and white pictures I saw. Flint River Farms. Okay. Um, where is this? Uh, middle Georgia. Right. Macon, Warner Robins area. And, um, I was looking at some black and white pictures. In on in one of the pictures, back in the background, there was a fence and a rooster sitting on the fence. And as it, and that made me want to tell that story. It made me want to look more into Flint River Farms. But when I was uh, thinking about the composition of a painting, um, that is sort of what caught my attention. Right. Yeah
1: sparked yes yeah that makes sense too
2: and it gave me an opportunity to put a ton of detail in a painting which i like
1: yeah i've noticed i was going to remark on that you you're very meticulous on some of these things and that sort of leads back to also when you were i've read about this that when you were starting out and the lady told you to do your own stories um that that really, because you are self-taught, mostly.
3: Well, you have a BA, don't you? Yes.
1: Well, I mean, but you were, even though you were on the base. Yes. You, you were beginning to get into drawing and painting at an early age. Not really. Okay.
2: Um, the first painting that I ever did was my freshman year of college. Really? Yes.
1: I think uh, you told me that before, but I kind of blocked it out.
2: <laughs> I mean
1: it's hard to believe It's so shocking
2: yeah no one ever I've always known I wanted to be an artist it's just the weirdest thing I've always known I was going to be a painter but I never painted no one ever said hey let's bob little Bobby well, some you gotta build up. And, uh it was just it wasn't that kind of environment that I grew up in sure. um, but once I got to college I knew I was going to be a painter I just had to sort yeah. of it
3: out so you started from freshman year on you were taking art yes. classes
2: yes yeah
3: and you went to school in Arkansas
2: uh, University of Central Arkansas it is about 30 minutes outside of Little Rock
3: what was that like suddenly being around a lot more people than your bubble um,
1: yeah suddenly the world
2: it was it was good um, the art program there the painting department wasn't great but um
1: but they had supplies
2: they had supplies <laughs> finally had so some, uh, <laughs> you could paint.
1: experiment with that
2: but uh i ran into some other professors uh my ceramic professor uh my uh sculpture professor who drilled technique 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 mm. which I uh, carried on to the
1: it's the uh, painting the, classes. I just had a vision of the kung fu master telling him to yes paint the walls yes. of his house yes just yes. keep doing it.
2: <laughs> so
3: had um, a Mr. Miyagi type of training. I
1: <laughs> wished I'd remembered that name. <laughs> okay. Very good, thank you.
2: <laughs> but process and technique is important to me. Um, I, with my artist friends, we sort of I sort of always sort of bring up the idea that art doesn't always have to be fun. Mm. And it seems like there are some who think that it, it should be fun, but it's work.
1: I'm sorry, then, I never had that impression. <laughs>
2: yes, and it's work for me because it's hard uh, and it's tedious, and a lot of it is not creative. The uh, composition, color, story—that part of it is creative and uh, exciting. The middle part, where you actually have to, what I have to ca- actually have to do to work that's not so fun
3: yeah um, the rendering
2: it's just layers and i paint inside the lines i don't paint outside the lines i don't splatter paint i just sort yeah. of but take here's, my way through
1: but here's the thing that's driving you yes that doesn't drive everybody
2: no no no
1: obviously no and, um, you're, and you're
3: doing a careful drawing for each of your pieces right Mystical yeah um, to get it
2: Uh, On the canvas, I draw and erase, and once I start painting, uh, the composition part is done. I don't have to put any thought into it. I mean, everything is there, ready to go, and I just simply fill in the space.
1: So, I know you feel better working in private, mostly. Yes. Right? But you have to be out in public. Yes. Yes. What you're doing now, especially with the gallery, mm-hmm. again, uh, how do you adjust? Do you just, uh, I don't know, drink a lot?
2: No.
4: Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a specific question.
2: Uh, what I've enjoyed about the gallery is the opportunity to talk about the work. Um, that's. That makes sense. Yes, uh, it's a. I've shown at galleries for 20 years, and I would have art talks, and I would come in and get an opportunity to talk, Uh, but what I, and I didn't realize this, I thought it was going to drive me crazy, Uh, if I'm working on a painting, and someone walks in from, you know, Missouri or California, you know, and I'm in the middle of a painting, uh, the interest that they show, or the questions that they have, um, I've actually liked. And I don't mind the opportunity to talk about it. I'm pretty grateful for it. Yeah.
3: Right. That part is nice. The hard thing is just when you get a stream of people just needing the bathroom key.
1: Yes. Well that's a different situation. Yeah.
2: But what you have to do is you have to sort of carve out time where you can actually work. I get there early. Yeah. Right. Um, and I know that I have three or four or five hours to get some work done before. Right, uh,
1: the mystery happens. Yes. I find
3: especially Sundays. You get there early. The few people, the few like customers or tourists who are walking around are actually looking to look at your work and buy things. I yes. think Sunday morning is a nice time. Yep.
1: But a lot of your work now, I mean, it's still from your childhood. It's still from not. I shouldn't say that. It's not from your childhood. It's from your spirit, really. Um, how locally? focused is that, like for here in Savannah? Do you see any of that going on? Um, Did I ask that correctly?
2: Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm really still digging into stories from- where are still delving I, in. Yeah, I don't do a lot of paintings. Um, I probably do about a good year, 10 paintings. Okay. Maybe, um, when I lived in Arkansas, my grandparents lived in Warner Robins, Georgia. And we would travel for the summer from Arkansas to Georgia. Right. So I would leave the base, the little bubble. Mm-hmm. Then I would spend summers in Georgia mm-hmm. around my grandparents and cousins. and.
1: Um, I'm just thinking a little hotter environment was all. But
2: completely different environment. Sure. Um, it's like with southern... Culture. I almost felt like I was a visitor. Like I was a... Um, um, yeah. I would see it, and then I would go back to Arkansas. And that happened over and over and different over world worlds. Over
3: yeah. Di- completely different worlds. And it's so weird because you're visiting and you're trying to play with local kids, but they don't know you super well. You're only yes. there in the summers.
2: So uh, once I started... And once in college, um, and I started painting and the story that you're saying about the lady telling me to paint my own story. Mm-hmm. I was showing at a gallery in Memphis, Tennessee. George Smith ah. Gallery. Right. And I had uh, a show and the walls I was painting blues musicians and people in the cotton field picking cotton and these were the images that I was painting. And it's because of artists like George Hunt who yeah. I admired and he was this blues artist and Benny Andrews. Uh, he's actually, he was an artist actually from Georgia and he painted, um, he was a collage artist and it was all these farm, field, you know, collage paintings and so I was painting paintings of the artists that I loved and I was had this show and I was this young 20 year old something artist and the lady uh, that you were talking about, older black lady, said, "Um, what do you know about Mm. These cotton pieces. What mm. do you know about these blue Calling pieces? Calling you out. Yes. Then I said, nothing really. <coughs> you know, I explained to her that I love George Hutt and I love Benny Andrews. And she said, uh, I hope that one day you find your own story to paint. So. Wow. Yes. That's like,
1: you know. Out of that, blue. That's, no, it's perfect timing if somebody came along and said that to you at the right time planted a seed I mean it seemed like that must have been ready to take off
2: yep but then I started thinking about my own story and I really didn't have anything to say um because I was thinking yeah and I was thinking that um that art good art was sort of built on um hard times you know uh, sacrifice, the supper, yeah, and I didn't, I hadn't experienced any of that. Um, so,
1: okay, just,
2: but even now I sort of think about what is my story. Uh,
1: but that's the beauty of all that. Yeah. Everybody has their own stories. They have their own backgrounds. That they, the good artist, I'm yes. talking about, that they bring out something from that to present in their own way and you just really connected to your own individuality.
2: Yes, and my environment uh that those travels to Georgia, uh, the stories that my grandparents and my grandfather and uh all that, shared right. with me stuff that I sort of picked up just hearing um and and putting all that together, I realized that that was my story.
3: Yeah. Like so if you're these paintings that you said you were doing that this woman said isn't your story, and it was more like country roads and farmland and chickens and things. Was yes, that like, I like you that. were sort of experiencing that through your grandparents, but it wasn't your... I hadn't connected overwhelming it Overwhelming thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I
2: hadn't um, put it together. I mean, I was so focused on um, trying to get better as an artist.
1: Well, the the, the
2: details. The, yes, Yeah. yeah. Staring, the at, staring at George Hunt's Work, staring at Benny Andrews' work, um, sort of chasing them, uh, just trying to learn how to paint steel.
3: Is your the like the the environments and the landscapes in your paintings now is it kind of seems like a mixture of this like country environments and then these sort of idyllic just like suburban, you know, with hedges and fences and single family home. It's, it's like a mix of these two kind of environments.
2: On the base, the hedges had to be perfect. The grass mm-hmm. had to be cut weekly. Mm-hmm. Everything had to be nice and neat. Um, it is the environment that I can yes.
3: Yeah, it's a little Pleasantville. Looking. Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, I don't know.
3: <laughs> do you have do you like sort of an undercurrent of like the sort of perfect looking suburban environment, but then things rumbling underneath?
2: Uh, Story-wise, yes. Um, I mean, for me, looking at the South, I mean, good and bad. Mm. And I paint both. Um, I mean, in the pieces, um, Remembering Memphis is a piece that was recently at Telfair. And it's about a girl who was, my wife's a school teacher, and she taught uh, in Memphis. And once we moved to Savannah, um, we're in the front yard one day, and we sort of—we had only been here a few years, so we still had the news on the phone, sort of set to you know Memphis, you know. The, mm-hmm.
3: What year did you move here?
2: Uh, we've been here 12 years. Okay. 13 years. So um, we saw this story about a little girl who was shot and killed on the playground. At the very school my wife taught at. And once we were here, we used to make sort of jokes, and people would say, Hey, you know, y'all just moved from Memphis. And we'd be like, Oh, I just got out of there alive. And chuckle and laugh about it. And it stopped being funny once we um, realized, because Memphis, I mean, at the time, and even now, it was not the safest place. But uh, you sort of look back on those stories um, and, you know, the whole getting out of Memphis, a stopped being funny.
3: Yeah, the dark humor was not funny anymore. Yeah, it's too dark.
2: And so I tell stories about uh, those situations too. That's life. Yep.
1: That is life. But I fully understand because it was sort of, yeah, that's, that's where I think you, we share something though, it is I was sort of in a bubble myself.
3: Yeah, you came from a really rural childhood.
1: Very rural, and then then the island. Uh, So, yeah, we were just, and then to come here. And
3: that would be Key West for people who don't know what islands. We're not. (laughs) When you say the island, there's a lot of islands, David.
1: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's why I always think, you know, everybody's different, and this is why it's uh, interesting to hear different perspectives on what you do. and how you've evolved with it is what's when I was going over the the I had to look and review as best I could you don't have much online man it's like Mm. you need a bigger online
2: presence but um do not
3: like doing that kind of thing photographing and uploading and Um, tweaking
2: I don't but it is necessary
1: unfortunately Um, it is this is the world we're in now
2: for a long time I had the, and I was lucky. Uh, I was, I was with Morrison Whiteside used to be a gallery in Hilton head. So for 10 years, I would just simply paint at home and deliver the pieces to Morrison Whiteside. And I didn't have to deal with any of that other stuff. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. They would just
3: take everything you had and sell it. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And,
2: um, so I was able to just sort of focus on the work, focus on my work, um, As far as putting stuff online, they took care of all of that. So I just actually just worked.
1: Let me ask you about that particular Mm -hmm. thing, too. Because what I read was that you drove up there with your works in a car. Yes. And just, what, told them to come out and look at it? Or did you take them in?
2: Well, I was driving to... Was it a complete
1: cold call, is what I'm asking?
2: It was. Really? But I was driving to another gallery, one that was... At the time, at the mall, mm-hmm. that uh, somebody had Got in touch with me. Hey, bring your work up here and mm-hmm. show it. Then once I got there, I realized that. No. No. Um,
1: <laughs> We've all done this. It yeah. was okay. literally
2: at a mall. Yeah, it was yeah. at a mall. Okay. So I went to the Chamber of Art right there in Hilton Head.
1: Right.
2: And I said, um, Hey, what's the best gallery around here? I had a cart full of paintings And they said Morris Whiteside It's right up the road
1: Just like that Just like
2: that So I walked in And uh Ben Whiteside uh, Was one of the owners at the time And I walked in I said hey You know I'm An artist And I would like to show you some work And he said Bring him in Line him on the wall Let's take a look Cause he loved art Damn And um and I just got lucky. Um,
1: no kidding.
3: Yeah.
2: This, this yeah. is amazing.
3: It's the kind of thing they always say not to do to just go cold call on
2: These someone. are not, those are not the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it uh, led to a relationship for 10 years. I mean, we worked <coughs> together.
3: It's uh, very cool. And, and then they could sell, they could like move all of your paintings. Yeah. That's wild. Um, you know, this, we actually have to take a little station break right now, but this is good. We'll get back to this after our break. And We're with Bobby Bagley with Art on the Air. We'll see you in a minute.
0: You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community
4: radio with a global soul. Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance, the impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannahtree.org. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. More information can be found at brighterdayfoods.com.
0: What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do Your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to wruu.org right now and make a one time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station 107.5 F.
1: I thought that was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think it's going so far, Bobby? <laughs>
3: are
0: we recording? We are. We yes, we
1: are.
3: It, it is going great. It is awesome. going immensely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to Arts on the Air. <laughs> This is David Lachlan and Tamara Garvey and we're talking to local painter Bobby Bagley um, and we were speaking of your success for 10 years at a particular gallery in Bluffton. How um, I'm curious about it seems so amazing just to be able for your output to just be at home painting and then just one particular gallery to take all your work and be able to sell it. What, what do you think it was about like that your work was just moving so well in this one environment?
2: Uh, before uh, that I worked for a long time Um, I worked on um, technique. I worked on the work. I mean, I I put a lot of long nights in just painting. Um, And I didn't sort of reach out to try to sell the work until I was confident that the work was good. Right.
1: While you were working on this, Hmm. were you working?
2: Uh, I was.
1: Anything special? Did uh, it, anything special that would influence your work?
2: No. Okay. No. Just sort of working to be able to paint. I understand. Um, I fully understand. Working to, uh, until I felt I was at a point where um, I could sell my work. Um, I've always sort of prided myself in being able to look at a painting that I did and knowing if it was good or not.
1: Sure. You, your people skills are great, so it must have been something like that, but that was also partly due to growing up in this area that you were, because everybody got along. There was yeah. no reason to, you know.
2: I try to be pleasant, David. Well,
1: it's not just pleasant, but <laughs> outgoing and open. Were
3: you? Um, I read in one interview that, um, so your wife is a school teacher, and you, yes. have, a, you have a child? Yes, eight-year-old eight son. Were you the stay-at-home parent for a while then? I was. Okay, um, so how did you... How'd you...
2: The Sounds whole right. 10 years that I, you know... Well, I was he's eight, so I was home before that. Yeah. But um, that was part of it, too. Uh, I didn't sort of reach out and try to get a working space outside of the house because I was at home working Yeah. Uh, with Brooks. Yes.
3: Was he just, were you like on the floor trying to keep him entertained while you were painting? He was
2: good from... He's such a low-key... Uh, creative kid so it wasn't you know he wasn't even though he was going 100 miles an hour uh, it was sort of easy to sort of contain him for short periods of time to try to get some work done yes
3: that seems amazing with a toddler yes good for you
1: (laughs) that is work (laughs) in in itself Um,
3: and your um, the relationship with that one gallery it kind of came to a close about the content of your work you guys had a difference about what you wanted to paint
2: yes um and that's the business side of art which i understand if they have an artist who has sort of been consistently painting certain subject matters for you know almost 10 years forever and i got to a point where i wanted to tell different stories Mm. um sort of get um, off the track that I was at and um,
1: expand and develop. Yeah,
2: sure. And I just don't think that it sort of fit into their sort of creative mindset at the time. That
1: happened.
3: Was it like you brought them a new batch of paintings and they said we don't want? I to brought these?
2: them um, one painting in particular, and um, it was ha- it was almost done, and they were concerned about what their
1: um clientele
2: clientele would say sure which
1: of course that's their job
2: upset me mm-hmm.
1: and that's your job
2: yes <laughs> that's, so, that's
1: that's those things happen yes in the in the gallery world that's uh, yeah sure it's it's understandable because uh, when you say commercial I, I, it's not commercial. It's I don't see your work that way. Uh, it's much more in depth.
3: I guess if people aren't getting your little, the Black History Easter eggs mm-hmm. you put in it, that it could be read just as the surface, and that's there were certain people who were buying them just based on that type of thing.
2: Well, I think uh, people are buying the work that were uh, all you know sunshines and rainbows. Um, but once I started telling different stories um, they felt that
1: well know, a lot of times people project themselves into paintings about something that might not even be from you
2: and that happened
1: a lot. and that was
2: a. And that was part of it too yeah. uh, they would see a piece and read into it what the piece was not saying I right. think it had a lot to do with what they were watching and
1: whatever input they had uh, in their yes. heads yeah. do you have There's, an
3: example of that? that sounds interesting well not really.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it's that's their that's their vision, not yours. I have fully understand this. Yes. Uh, well, I
3: didn't know if the gallery owner was one of these people okay. who was.
1: Yes. Who was projecting? No, I don't she think was. that was. Was it? Okay. Yes. Well, too bad.
3: I'm very intuitive, David.
1: That's I, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Ooh. Um. So. So now though. And you come over to City Market, and you said you were there before, like, yes. what, 13 years yeah. ago? Yep. yep. And now you're at City Market again. Uh, and now you still have the, I don't know, it, it's sort of the same question I asked before, but it's when people come in and they start projecting their ideas before you can tell them what the pictures are about.
2: And that's fine. I mean, uh, there's some
1: interesting reactions yeah. you can get from there.
2: Well uh and it might
1: be something that you wouldn't even think of, but it would be okay, but it would just be a different level.
2: Which has happened. Right. Yes, different perspective. Right. It's yep, something not that necessarily thought, a bad thing. No, something that I thought was obvious and they sort of see it from a different angle and um uh, and I thought it was interesting. Sure.
3: Do you I'm curious, so you've been selling in City Market on and off for years now. How <laughs> as the years have gone on, do you think it's like is it easier making your living there? Is it, is it there more people looking for art? Has it gotten worse over time? I'm curious about how Savannah's changed in that way.
2: I have been back for a little over a year. And um, I have found that there's a sort of a, I mean, I'm sort of, I mean, I'm 10 years apart. It was a I was going to say, gap. that's yeah. a
1: really big difference yeah, when uh, you were yeah, there before between about, now.
2: So, um I'm still showing outside of City Market, so but there I've noticed that it's more of a family environment. Um, I have found people who who come down there looking for art, uh, looking for a particular kind of art. Um, so, yeah,
1: I always said that was like the the front guard, or when people come to visit Savannah, it's sort of like prerequisite. They got to run through City Market and check that place out too. Yes. Uh, So that's like one of the first stops Yes And it also becomes one of the last stops When they decide to come back
2: And And that's
1: when they usually go upstairs
2: And it's people from all over the world Um,
1: Which is another great
2: thing Yes, it is I mean, I I leave my house And I travel two miles to the studio And I'm talking to somebody from Singapore Yes Who knows So it's been wonderful
3: did you, so when you started back a year ago, you were in the Gallery 10, which was a co-op?
2: I was in Gallery 10. I had uh, recently left Morrison-Whiteside, which okay. uh, turned into the Red Piano. Um, and I was looking for a place to show. I wanted to get sure. back out. I wanted to find a working, I have a working studio. Uh, my son is in the uh, uh, second grade, so I had a lot of free time on my hands. Yeah. And I wanted to just be out working. So I was looking to come back downtown.
3: So, okay, so you started in that co-op and then you moved one room away and now you're almost like running your own co-op. Well, it? Yes. yeah, pretty much. Yes. Are you, are you in there every day? Do other artists come in there and work too or are you the one running it?
2: I am there five days a week. Okay. Um, and another artist, a photographer, Linda Andrews, she sits on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's so great. Every other I day I am there. Yes.
3: So part of you being there is talking about and selling the other artists' work. Yes. Do you think that that's easier to do than talking up your own work? I'm always curious about this. Sometimes it's easier to like, you know. To promote someone else than yourself. Yeah, exactly.
2: All of it has been easy because the the artists that are in the space um, are all good artists that we all like each other. They're all
1: It is a good atmosphere.
2: Yes. uh, We've invited people to join who are good artists and who we just naturally get along with. Everybody. So it's easy. You want everybody to be successful. Yeah. Um, I mean, making it as an artist is tough. And you sort of want to be... uh,
1: You need a little community.
2: Yes, you do. Looking out for each other. A little support group. Looking out for each other. And you want people to succeed. So that's what we're trying to do.
1: That's, uh, I mean, that's the ideal for a lot of artists. Uh, And I know that even though you do a lot, you have done a lot, uh, while you've been developing your work, you've done it alone and privately because it's easier. But that's why I was wondering if it was much of a transition now that you're out all the time. And it's sort of... um, I think it may be, would it be influencing your work?
2: Uh, Not necessarily influencing my work, but the transition hasn't been been as tough as I thought it would. Um, I spend my days painting and talking about art. Pretty fortunate. And
1: playing Um, whatever music you want in there. Yes,
2: and meeting and talking to people who are interested in art. Who are creative. Yes. What
3: kind of music do you like to play?
2: Uh, the saddest stuff I can get my hands on. So.
1: I heard that. I I, it, it, I saw that and I was like I yes. never noticed it, but okay, yeah. Um that.
2: when I work.
1: No when you say saddest Yeah, song, what is it? Come on. Some, Do
3: we mean like the nothing, Smiths? Do you we mean, well, mean
1: no, sad jazz? I'm thinking a dirge. <laughs>
2: nothing upbeat at all. Okay. Everything sad, that's sort of
3: classical music. Yeah sad, opera.
2: classical music, sad, um, Soul music, sad, country music.
3: Just rainy day music. Yes. Okay. Sad
1: country music is way different than like a dirge. Okay. That is what I like.
3: I'm so curious to come in on what this (laughs) atmosphere is like.
2: So, but most of the time, uh, sad music is on my uh, earbuds. No uh, one, no I have trouble
1: wants, with you describing no it one that wants way, to that's hear all that. Oh,
2: so you're not coming. playing it No, no one wants oh, to hear I, that coming into this space Oh, I
1: right, don't right. know <laughs> well, You might want to, you know, add to the atmosphere that way
3: now, Do you like to? Um, do you work on one piece at a time or do you like to juggle multiple things? Uh,
2: juggle, and that's been the, one of the cool things about having the space um, I usually have about four pieces going at a time mm. and the pieces that I'm not working on, I usually display on the wall with a tag that says unfinished. Mm. And I've been fortunate enough to sell a bunch of unfinished pieces. People come in, I, I finish like them. I can of see course, it. People come in and uh, they see a piece that's unfinished. They like it. Mm. And it has a they, bit of the rawness yes, to it. They There's, want it. Yeah, sure. And it goes on the easel next, and I finish it. Yeah. Um, so that. that's been sort of cool. They
1: can see where it's being developed, too. They can. And they trust your Judge. Yes, to...
2: and they sort of feel like they're a part of it. Right. And I right. think that's been... That oh, yeah. That's been... Uh, they stick their claim to it. Yes. Hmm. So Please, that's happened a few times. As long as they times. don't
1: stand over your shoulder while you're nope. doing it. No. 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 no.
2: Nah, they
3: don't uh, say um, add a little chicken. No, right a little
1: there. blue like, right there, but would you? Usually no, they're put from... put a couch there.
3: Usually
2: they're from far, far away. Okay. And... Um We finish and we ship it to them.
1: Nice, beautiful.
3: Do you make prints of your work?
2: I do make prints.
1: No, you should videotape some of that though. Really?
2: I know it's like everybody does it. I'm trying. Uh, Just a little bit. The whole social media part of it is just tough.
3: Yeah, you don't. But the idea that someone would come Mm -hmm. in—if you ever get a—sorry. That you don't post on Instagram super often.
2: Just images of the paintings. Uh, Well, not processed. I don't do the. Spin and show. Um,
3: do you get, do you have sales of people reaching out to you from elsewhere, or is it all literally just, they come into city market and they're buying it face No,
2: reaching out from elsewhere, I mean, over the years, especially with through, uh, through Morris and MySide, we, yeah. yeah, we sold no. a lot of paintings. Okay. Um, I showed at, um, in Memphis for years, I showed at a gallery in Little Rock for years, yeah. so.
3: But this seems hard to get back, like, since you don't have this full website with all these images, it seems mm-hmm. like it's...
2: Sort of getting back into. Well, We're I'm giving sure. you a
1: real hard time about no, that. No,
2: no, no. <laughs> sort
3: of, but I'm building
2: up to it. I'm, I'm kind sort of curious how you're able to do it. I'm sort of getting back into the groove. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that's going to be the next part of uh, yeah. the studio, expanding out, uh, having online presence. Um, yeah. Sometimes
1: people just stuff. like to see a little snippet of the work in progress, and the idea of somebody picking out an unfinished one and then mm-hmm. you finishing it. That's I would love to see a bit of yeah. that
2: done. It seems like I should transition that to online. Just
1: yeah, a little. True. If it's people are doing yes. that
3: face-to-face, then you could post an unfinished on Instagram. You never know. Yes, never
1: know. you know. Hmm. I mean, it's, you don't have to go all bore and being an influencer. Ah. No, I think
3: I'm actually going to... I'm I'm gonna
2: open up to it, I think. Yeah. Why not? Do you So really? when
3: you're juggling four or so at a time... I do this, too, and I'll do, like, small series. Are, are they all in the same kind of vein that you're working on together? Like, there's an idea mm. and you're doing? Or are they all... So they're all
2: over the map. Um, I'll work on a piece for a week. Um, The paintings, well, I I paint slow, so my paintings take a long time. I'll work on the paintings for a week. I'll get tired of staring at it, and I'll rotate another one in for a week, then another one in for a week. So.
3: And size-wise, are you kind of really varied?
2: uh, Really varied. Since I've been down at City Market, I've worked smaller scale. In the past, it's always been 36 by 36 mm. yeah. or bigger. I like mm. squares too. Um, but I've enjoyed uh, doing smaller paintings. Um, it's nice to start a painting and finish a painting in what I consider a it's reasonable amount of time. Yeah. It's a short story instead of an opera. Yes, instead of you know, something that drags on for months. Yeah, just that, that feeling do.
3: of being done with something yes. is really nice.
2: So that's been nice. That's
1: always the trick is knowing when to stop.
2: And I would have never done that if I wouldn't have been in the city market. Because for me, it was always about big painting. Well, a big painting to me is 36 by 36. Yeah. So it's always been about big paintings. Um, sure. Telling what I consider big stories. There's
1: different um, ways to tell stories, though. Yes. So that I think you're experimenting a little. I think you're going to experiment some more. I just get this feeling.
2: But the business side of it um, is being able to paint a piece that someone maybe can sort of take with them you know, pick it up, take it off the wall and they can carry oh, it yeah. out with them too. So yeah. that's been part of it.
3: The sure. Studio.
1: Well, that's what I mean. That's why I said it's sometimes you just need a short story. And yes. there, yeah, know. it's good.
3: Now, people, people can
2: appreciate a moment.
3: If you want to look at your work, you kind of mentioned briefly that there's places outside of city market that you also mm-hmm. are displaying your work too.
2: Well, mainly, uh, there is, but most of the work now is all at the studio. Uh, I have um, more paintings at the studio in one place than I've ever had. Right. Just trying to figure out what the next step is going to be.
3: So. You, there was one piece I always, wanted, yeah. that I saw I wanted to ask. Um, it was called Homegoing, and um, it was a crowd of people in a cemetery, and they all are from behind, and everyone's clothes are black and white, and they all have black umbrellas, and you can't see any faces. I wonder if you could talk about that one.
2: Uh, that painting was done... 20 years ago, maybe.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and at the time, it was a, a series of paintings. Uh, and the series consisted of bright colored uh, clothes. Of All the people in the home-going painting you can find in the other paintings. In the homegoing mm. painting, it was the last painting of that series. Sounds so like it. So it went from um, everyone being in these bright colors to everyone mm. sort of sending someone that they loved. Uh, I've never home.
1: heard that phrase, homegoing. Yes. Did you do that? Uh, Did you pick that up somewhere? Uh,
2: grandparents. I guess uh, so. Those trips to Georgia. Okay. Um,
1: yes. I've just never heard that before. I'm surprised. A homegoing. Wow.
3: Was that from a particular funeral? or?
1: Uh, no. It's, it's a progression yeah. of... The uh, previous ones. Yep, that makes sense.
3: That was really striking.
1: Now I'm curious to see them. Thank you. Yeah. Let's see, do you have prints? Uh,
2: I have images that, uh, not prints, but I do have images that I can dig out.
1: Good. Yep. You probably have. I'm guessing you probably have a trove that is not out there.
2: No, I've done a terrible job of documenting. Yeah, I have too.
1: <laughs> I fully understand. Um, <laughs>
2: I joke with my son that hopefully one day he can run around and take pictures of all these paintings that I've sold that I don't have images of. There's I that. have done a terrible job of documenting paintings. Well,
3: you know, it's so that gallery that you split from, it sounds like they, over the years, have been documenting it. They have. Church, so they would have the whole trove of Yes, yeah. but
2: before that, um, the time that I lived in Memphis... At uh, the time that I was showing in Little Rock, mm. uh, I've sold a ton of paintings. I mean, we didn't always have the cell phone.
1: Sure. You know,
3: we did not always have the cell uh, phone. That you can
2: sort of just easily take a picture of. So I didn't, Yeah. I should have given it more. Every now, now and the then, ears. I come
1: across an old actual photograph, as the kids did not call them, uh, of like a mural or something I'd done. I just completely forgot that mm. I'd done it so
3: do you have a moment where you almost don't recognize it yes realize it was yours
1: yes okay. it takes because yeah well when you do a lot of commercial work it's like mm, I might have done that oh yes I did
2: oh interesting I sold a painting 20 years ago and last year I had a lady email me with a picture of the painting uh, asking about the painting wow I hadn't Wow. I, number one, I had forgot. Yeah. But I hadn't seen that image, and, you know.
1: That's what I mean. Yes.
2: I, I fully understand that. That's yes. cool. She like, tracked wow. you down
3: to ask. Yes. Did she mention why she'd been living with it for all these years and now suddenly wanted to Well,
2: she was uh, about to enter it in the resale market. She was, you know, she wow. was trying to get some information wow. on it. Wanted, how
1: did to you see, f- wanted to see if you'd moved to Milan. Yeah. Oh no. how did you feel about that?
3: <laughs> she was reselling it. I thought it was great. Um, you, you didn't mind that she was reselling it no not at all oh, uh, okay yeah I th- feel like that would be an emotional thing but I've maybe I don't know what that <laughs> means for an artist like business-wise
2: I, I love the business out of art I love thinking about it I love the idea of that uh, an artist trying to make a living at this mm. um I'm not <clears throat> put off by it I think it's great Okay. I think, I, think, I think it's great I guess
3: my immediate reaction would think Oh it's insulting that she doesn't want to live with this painting anymore No but,
2: no. Um,
3: but does it kind of more signify That like, it's worth something And people are yes. knowing that and making money And
2: that there is a resale market For yeah. the work which is
3: Which is cool I haven't had that happen to me <laughs> yet
2: <laughs> We've come
1: to the point Of the show Where we have the artist studio questions For you a few of you um, these are of course designed to bring out your deepest personality flaws. Is that okay? Sure.
4: Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I
3: have one to ask that won't be about his flaws. So okay. I'll, I'll lighten it up a little. <laughs> no, it's Thank not. Thank you.
1: <laughs> uh, what are some memorable responses to your work?
2: Southern, um, stories. Sometimes, when you're talking about stuff that is tough, um, Mm -hmm. hard, um, that part of the South that is, you know, it's tough, you know. It's tough. And when I dive into those stories and I'm talking about a painting to someone who grew up in this area and they sort of relate to it. You can just sort of tell that it's
1: sort of... They could relate to it. Yes. Yeah, I understand. Um, If a particular piece of yours could be expressed through another medium like sound effects or music, what would it be? Now you've done blues musicians. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking right away, you're expressing music that way.
2: But also through the pieces like "Come Sunday," um, or even uh, the the Easter piece where the girls holding the mm-hmm. you know the Easter basket. Um, when I'm working, like I said, I do listen to, you know,
1: sad sad music. music.
2: Uh, I can almost hear it over when you know when I'm looking at those pieces. I can almost
1: that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of
3: your pieces feel like sad music. They too? do.
2: They feel like sad music. Um,
1: that is the director. Yes. Is the, yes. That is the impetus. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's just part of it.
2: Yes. Yes, very seldom do I do a piece that, you know, would be sort of up-tempo.
3: That's interesting because your colors are very hot and saturated.
2: Uh, sitting at, um, in church, staring at those stained glass windows mm. um, that color trying to sort of chase that color um i was really influenced by stained glass windows the you can take a painting of mine and sort of cut it out with scissors and put it back together like a puzzle that's my influence from stained glass windows oh
3: yeah yeah, they're like jewel tones yes oh
2: wow paint always inside the lines nice and clean Hmm. um yeah
1: no but with the light coming through yes that makes sense
2: oh, which is sort of what i'm choosing.
1: yeah that's you have the light coming that. through that's why that makes sense a lot
3: may, so my question was music related may i ask that no?
1: you may all right
3: thank you david um so mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask if you say you were like walking down the street or getting ready to do something and you're trying to jazz yourself up in mm-hmm. your head do you have sort of a a theme song or a beloved song that would play in your head that's like your theme
2: one, one like of it. the songs that I listen to over and over and over and over and over again when I work is uh, On the Nature of Daylight by Max, I think it's Richter. Okay. And I'll put that on a loop for hours.
3: See, that's what I'm talking about. Something that you could put on a loop and listen to over and over again, that's, that's a theme song. For hours. Yeah.
1: Um, that makes so no much sense.
3: I've done that before with the Cat Stevens song, just on a loop.
2: But this is not Cat Stevens. This is kind of <laughs> <laughs> this is the other direction. James. No, this song uh, "Nature of Daylight." It got to the point where my son would come in and be like, "Oh no, come on, not right, that right. again!" Right, not that again. When Dad. I mean, yes. So. Yeah. That's the song.
3: Okay. Thank you. All right, you got about two minutes left, David.
1: Is there, okay, I've got one more. Is there a creative medium you would like to pursue or pursue further?
2: I've just started something different. Uh, it's not new, it's different. Uh, before each painting, I usually do a quick drawing. Mm. And. Um, you I'm,
1: meticulously plan it out? Yes. Huh. Uh,
2: but once I figure out the direction I'm going, I sort of abandoned the drawing, but I have tons of these, so I've recently, I came across them when I was digging around f- through some stuff, so I pulled them out and I finished a few of them, and uh, so the first one in the studio yesterday,
4: mm.
2: really? Yes, it was from a previous painting,
1: did you put it up to see? Put it up, did framed it, did you, I mean, yeah. did did. You put it on social media to see this. I
2: did not put
3: it on social
1: media. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm so going this, to keep pounding you. I know.
3: This is a whole collection of rough drawings. Yes, but
1: uh, now I've, I'm curious though. It, I want to see it.
3: So. Pulled it out uh, and
2: finished it and enjoyed it.
3: Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll post some pics. You know, when we interest talk you up on Facebook. So so like they're us, calling us you images. back
1: to come finish them now.
2: Yes, they are.
1: That's what's happening.
2: And uh, they're something that. Don't take a month. Yeah. Mhm. Which is fun. Yeah. And it's revisiting um, images from earlier paintings, which is fun. Mhm. So.
3: Yeah, especially now you you have what twenty years worth of yeah. images to draw on.
2: So and that's what Let's we're going to be doing. Let's look at it a different That's way, what we're yeah. going to be doing today. Uh, actually, I have a few that I'm going to just keep.
3: Love that digging away.
1: At. Well, don't let us keep you. <laughs>
3: Thank you, Bobby. It's been so great to talk to you. Thank you, guys. I'm sorry I hadn't come over to your side of City Market yet, but now I will. Thank I come you. Over. And I'll thank, thank you very much. For I'll, I'll want to hear whatever sad song you're listening uh, to. It's been all right. Fun.
1: <laughs> as much as it could be. Yeah. All <laughs> right. For you, so I could you see can... your uh, It was, you know, uh, you're so used to being, uh, you know, working on your own work. It's, it's. Uh, I know it's tough to talk about. Yeah. So we do appreciate
2: you do it. No, it was fun.
3: Thank you, guys. So people can come visit you on the south side studios of City Market in Gallery Gallery 11. 11. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Up the elevator. Next up on WRUU, That Old Savannah Magic from 4 to 6 p.m. It's a variety show featuring Savannah history, radio theater, interviews, and music.
0: You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul.